Now our formal retreat is going to be over pretty soon. Those who have been uh, practicing long time and those who are those who have started recently, all of you are trying to do one thing that is to uh, cleanse the mind, purify the mind, and free the mind from various psychic irritations, and free our samsaric uh, pain and suffering. This Although the retreat is formally uh, going to end soon, the practice of meditation uh, uh, should uh, continue, not in one form, one particular form, in one particular place. But uh, wherever we are, in whatever posture we are, at one time, whatever time we are in, we continue to practice. For the mindfulness uh, meditation practice, there is no one particular place, time, posture, <coughs> uh, anywhere, anytime, any, any posture we can practice uh, mindfulness. As long as we are doing uh, things, we talk, we think, we do physical things. If we do all these things with uh, uh, mindfulness, clear awareness, with uh, full comprehension, we are practicing meditation. Retreats are our intensive practice. And once uh, retreat is over, we continue to practice in our daily activities. Sometimes people think uh, when uh, they are out of meditation, they are going to real world, as if this is not real. We are trying to understand the real world within ourselves through the practice of meditation. Of course, when we don't um, spend time in intensive practice in a retreat situation, we get uh, more involved in various other activities. That may be the only difference. It is the intensifying uh, uh, unmindful activities that we call real world. In uh, many people's understanding, real world is the world which uh, is uh, chaotic, full of uh, hustle bustle activities. And uh, this is uh, unnatural, unreal world. <coughs> that is not true. One is more 
uh, unorganized, uh, more agitating, exciting, arousing our emotions, our uh, restlessness, fears, worries, insecure feelings, and so forth, we cultivate in one situation. In another situation, we uh, reduced our activities, uh, tried to remain less uh, agitated, excited, and um, look, train our mind to look into the reality in this life, in this and retreat situation and outside there. So in both situations we use only one instrument to um, gauge that and this. That is our uh, mind. That instrument is our mind. And if one uh, trains the mind in the right direction, it doesn't matter whether the person is in a quiet situation like this or in a restless full situation of situation where a lot of activities are going on. It really doesn't matter. <clears throat> it is very easy for people to uh, focus the mind on activities here in a situation like this when everything is conducive. One doesn't have to cook food, one doesn't have to go out and earn. Uh, everything is provided, one has to spend time meditating. Therefore, practice becomes easy. Friends, the meditation becomes uh, our a part of our daily activities, daily life, uh, if we uh, train our mind to uh, use uh, any other situation very much like this, to remain as uh, mindful as possible. Somebody may be um, meditating in a, a cave, for you know, 50 years. And when the person comes out of uh, the cave and uh, uh, walks on the street, the very first time somebody steps on his toes, the person you know, immediately gets upset, angry. And um, then what is the use of spending that many years in a cave. It is not the circumstance that makes uh, the meditation real, but the way we train our mind. With that trained mind, we can uh, live in a quiet situation as well as a busy, as very noisy situation. Buddha said, uh, uh, Mano Pubbangama Dhamma, Mano Setta Manomaya, Manasache Paduthena, 
भाषति वा करोति वा ततोनं दुःखंगं वेति चक्कं वहतोपदं that means uh, when the the mind is the forerunner of all conditions all the conditions are mind made if one speaks or acts with the impure state of mind then uh, suffering will follow like the cart wheel that follows the foot of the ox that pulls the cart this is very beautiful analogy very uh, meaningful analogy that uh, if everything is mind made our pain our pleasure then uh, the maker of pleasure and pain is uh, instrumental in uh, making our life pleasant and unpleasant that is our mind if uh, the mind is impure full of uh, <coughs> greed hatred and delusion impure means full of greed hatred and delusion confusion pride uh, and so on that individual may find even this situation very painful sometimes very unpleasant in spite of uh, its uh, very most conducive uh, uh, setup for the practice of meditation even this situation can be unpleasant for someone whose mind is full of uh, greed hatred and delusion and so on therefore uh buddha said very wisely uh, such an individual will uh, never find the life light for such an individual the life becomes very heavy just like for the bull the cart is heavy buddha compared the person whose mind is not pure not clean and the person who's my who's not mindful and carries all sort of heavy burden in the mind burden of uh, greed hatred and delusion will he compared that person to a bull because bull is one who doesn't know better he has no control over himself he just obeys somebody's command somebody's order and pulls the cart reluctantly not with pleasure he doesn't have a choice he just is tied to the yoke and uh, being beaten by the driver and he simply pulls he has no control no design no clarity the burden is heavy and still he has to pull 
For many people, life is just like that. It is very heavy. Life is very, very heavy. They just pull it. They don't live uh, a light life, burdenless life, painless life, because of the impurities in the mind, not the body. Even the body is heavy, if the mind is clean, the life becomes light. Uh, the whole samsaric existence for such an individual will always be heavy. And the person will uh, live this life with pain, agony, a burden, and will live future lives with pain and suffering and burden. On the other hand, Buddha said, if manopubbhangamadhamma manosetta manomaya manasache pasannena bhasativa karotiva tatonang sukhanganveti chayavanapayani if, since the mind is the forerunner, mind is the maker, mind is the master of all conditioned things, if someone does things or speaks things or thinks with the pure state of mind, free from greed, hatred and delusion, that individual Live, uh, individual's life is uh, so light, it is just like one's own shadow following oneself. The good deeds, good thoughts, good words that the person committed will... Um, good thoughts, words are what we call wholesome karmas. Uh, those wholesome karmas will follow the person like one's own shadow without leaving behind. So the entire life of that person is very light, burdenless. So we can see the, the burden we add to our life is in the mind. What we try to do in this uh, uh, training is uh, to make our life light, less burdensome. Attaining uh, liberation is, is attainment of enlightenment or liberation from pain and suffering is called Ohitabhara in Pali. When one attains uh, uh, certain stages of enlightenment, that individual is called Ohitabhara. Ohitabhara means the one who laid down the burden, laid down the burden, burden of this body, burden of this defilement, burden of this confusion, burden of this psychic irritations. The person laid down the burden. Anupatta sadatto. 
the one who has attained the goal of freedom, liberation. You may not find any difference between such an individual and anybody else when we look at the person superficially, from outside. But the one who laid down the burden will not be bothered, will not be troubled, will not be uh, agitated, excited by uh, all sort of uh, external stimuli, external activities. There is a, a story of a monk whose name was Chakkupala. Chakkupala means one who protects the eyes. He was meditating very earnestly and um, He did not want to sleep. He made a firm commitment that I would not sleep without attaining enlightenment. Day and night he was meditating. Whenever he was tired, he walked back and forth. And when he tired, he sat down. He never laid down. He decided, I will never, never lie my body on a bed. I will stay up and meditate day and night, which he did. After sometimes he uh, began to have some uh, aches on his eyes, so he just ignored it and went on meditating. So somebody uh, brought a doctor, eye doctor, and he gave him some uh, medicine and asked him, please put this medicine on your eyes and you must lay down on your bed and let somebody put these drops in your eyes. He refused to lay down. He, while sitting, he asked somebody to raise his head and open eyes and ask somebody to put the medicine. And people begged him, please, lie down so that we can put this medicine. He said, then it's okay. I can sit down, you can put the medicine. So they did. And of course, medicine did not uh, go into the eyes. And uh, eventually, he became blind. The very moment he became blind, at that very moment, he attained enlightenment. Although he lost the physical eyes, at that moment he got the eye of wisdom, attaining enlightenment. Then, of course, his uh, wish was fulfilled. Now his, uh, uh, he felt, prior to the attainment of this state, he felt uh, this body is burdensome, this uh, flesh is burdensome, 
and that is why I have aches and pains and you know uh, I uh, sickness and so forth. Now that's all gone. I don't care for my eyes anymore. I don't see whether I see objects or not. I don't care. So, however, one day he had a desire, not a desire as, a, as an arahant, but earnest wish to meet the Buddha and hear, uh, listen to a Dhamma talk. And he went to see the Buddha, went to meet the Buddha, in fact, with the help of uh, his own nephew, who also happened to be a novice monk. With his help, he uh, went to meet the Buddha. That evening, he did not see the Buddha. Next day, he wanted to talk with the Buddha. That evening, uh, as a habit, uh, he walked back and forth. Next morning, also he walked back and forth and continued his meditation. Now, remember, one who attains enlightenment does not give up meditation. And meditation is the entire life of that individual. Even the Buddha said to Venerable Ananda, Ananda, if anybody asks you what sort of meditation practice I do practice now, and I, what I did practice before attainment of enlightenment, tell them, that I practice anapanasati, mindfulness of breathing. By practicing that, he attained enlightenment, and even after the attainment of enlightenment, he continued to <coughs> practice. So practice never ends. Even after the perfection, he continued to practice. Similarly, this monk next morning uh, was walking uh, in meditation, you know, although he did not see anything, he just uh, felt. Then, several monks saw many insects were trampled and killed by this blind Arahant monk. And they all became very upset. They were they went to the Buddha and complained. Now how come this monk killed so many insects? What kind of monk he is? Then Buddha said, uh, but he is free of guilt. He is not guilty of trampling and killing these insects. Why? On the one hand, he did not see. He did not know that there were insects. On the other hand, there was no intention. His mind was totally free from uh, any intention of uh, killing any insect. 
Therefore, Buddha said, uh, in the uh, same thing he explained in another context, Pani Michi Vanonasa Hareya Parina Visang Nabhanang Visamanveti Nati Papang Akubbato. That means if you take poison into your hand, and if, the, if your palm is not wounded, there's no cut in your palm, you can take poison into your palm. It will not affect you. Only if there is a cut in your palm, the poison can get into your bloodstream. Similarly, he said, when the mind is pure, when there is no intention of any wrongdoing, you are not guilty of committing an offense, committing a murder, or committing uh, what you call killing. And this particular monk, Buddha said, is uh, therefore free from uh, committing unwholesome karma of killing. Of course, people can uh, misunderstand, misinterpret this. They can say, uh, can we uh, uh, practice uh, uh, sport, going out and uh, killing animal with good intention? If uh, intention is good, one would never kill any living being. There cannot be good intention in killing. You may laugh when you kill, you may relax when you kill, uh, when you, en you may enjoy the killing, but uh, uh, there has to be a very deeply rooted hatred in the mind at the moment of killing, which the, the hatred may not be very clear. It is covered with other uh, states of uh, uh, behavior, like smiling and relaxing and so forth. But uh, one can never kill uh, a being, living being, without any uh, hatred in the mind. There has to be hatred present in the mind in order for someone to kill. Unless it, it happens accidentally, just like in this monk's case. So, I wanted to mention this particularly because uh, Meditators, when they go out of uh, retreat situations, sometimes they wonder how can they live in the world. They become uh, sometimes uh, paranoid about it. Paranoid about living in the world. I being a meditator, I'm practicing uh, mindfulness, I want to cleanse myself, purify my mind. I want to liberate uh, from this samsaric existence. 
And um, when I go out into the world, there are all sorts of things to do. And uh, uh, I may be doing something wrong against the practice of meditation. That always is not true. If we keep the mind, uh, our intention uh, clear, free from uh, greed, hatred, and delusion, and uh, if we, with that f- uh, pure intention, you, we will never get involved in committing unwholesome thing, wrong thing. And therefore, in uh, meditation retreat, what we try to do is to cleanse the mind and remain mindful, understanding, seeing, uh, seeing with wisdom the things that make mind polluted, impure. It is not difficult to make a right decision in the outside world, <coughs> out of retreat situation, if we remain mindful. Sometimes people um, think they have to uh, tell white lies. As meditators, how can we do that? <clears throat> Buddha said uh, there is no something called uh, white lies. He did not, of course, use the use these English words white light, lies. But uh, uh, there is no any uh, any lie that you can uh, uh, be excused of committing. He said even the truth. Even the truth uh, has to be spoken at the uh, right time, right place, to the right person with right words. If uh, we have to uh, speak the falsehood, something false, it always is better to refrain from saying anything. Observe silence in a situation like this. So mindful uh, training, training of mindfulness, uh, helps us to act rightly in all situations. And therefore, uh, don't think this training will be, will make our life very difficult when we go out into the uh, world situations in other situations other than the meditation meditation centers uh, with these few words of uh, closing uh, I like to uh, end this little talk and I also uh, appreciate uh, your cooperation coming and I enjoyed uh, being with you and uh, I found uh, uh, almost all of you came 
to this meditation to be very, very serious, uh, very sincere uh, meditators. And I wish you all continue that practice uh, and make your life peaceful and happy. And may you all attain Nibbana. And I also like to spend a few more minutes to answer your questions, if you have any. Since I'm going to leave pretty soon, uh, I may not uh, have any time to make any appointment with anybody, but I like to answer your questions. We have about five, six minutes. Yes. You know, that question uh, comes up from time to time in various situations, uh, what's called euthanasia. Um, we can do everything within our means, within our um, ability, to make that uh, animal or be a human being uh, as less painful as possible. And that's all we can do. Uh, of course, these days there are various ways of uh, making somebody less painful without killing. I think uh, most of the time people feel uh, Inwardly, they feel they want to get rid of this uh, problem from their present. Just get it out. Uh, they don't like to see for their own comfort, for their own comfort, they don't like to see somebody in, uh, you know, all <coughs> bedridden and uh, <coughs> unable to do one's own things and has to attend to the needs, always cleaning all the dirt and feed and clothes and wash and all these things people have to do. That is a bother, that is a trouble. And probably people might feel this is a nuisance, it is better this person die soon or this animal die soon. In order to relieve their own mind, uh, they might be thinking of putting that individual to, uh, to sleep. There is no Buddhist answer to this question. Uh, I mean, this has never happened in the time of the Buddha, so Buddha never addressed this uh, question. It, it keeps coming up over and over again here, these, these days, and therefore uh, we have to think of uh, uh, very uh, compassionate solution uh, other than uh, uh, killing. For me, for personally, we don't find any textual reference to give any evidence, give support to, uh, uh, to support what I say, uh, but from, uh, as, as, a, as an opinion, I would, I would say 
uh, I would never do it. I remember certain, situ- certain uh, situations that I myself faced. We had a dog. Uh, she just walked into our place. We never know where she came. Big dog. And she gave... Uh, before that, somebody brought a puppy. And I said, no, 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 we don't have a puppy because we had another dog. That also came from nowhere. And we tried to chase him away. He would not go. He stayed there. So we had to... We fed him. And he became a very big dog. <laughs> and uh, then... Uh, one of our residents went out and brought a puppy. <laughs> and uh, I said, no, 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 please. We have one dog here. We don't need any puppies. Please return the puppy. Then uh, the person returned the puppy. Four days later, another big dog walked in. <laughs> we don't know from where the, she came. Female dog. And... Uh, a week later, she gave, uh, she delivered 12 puppies. <laughs> See, we wanted to get it one pup, one dog and ended up with so many dogs. 12 puppies. And, uh, of course, um, eight, four of them died because she, couldn't, she could not feed them. She had only eight nipples. We tried to feed those little ones who were going to die. Uh, we took them into our hand and dip, uh, you know, wick in milk and put in the mouth and uh, they could not uh, suck the milk. So all of them died, four, four of them. And the other uh, eight remains, they became beautiful dogs and big like Alsatian dogs. And um, when they were growing up, uh, people came for retreats and... Uh, we asked them to take four people, took four dogs, and three of them we took to Winchester, uh, put in our car and opened the trunk and said, we have three puppies, who wants? In 20 minutes, all of them were gone. Now we were left with, our, with one puppy, mother, and the other big dog. And the puppy also became very cute. They are very beautiful dogs, big. And um, <laughs> the few <laughs> exactly one year later, <laughs> the puppy disappeared. Puppy disappeared, and then we uh, wanted to make uh, house for the remaining dogs. Winter was coming. And we made the dog house. We call it uh, with two rooms. So we call it two-bedroom apartment <laughs> on the dogs. And very nicely insulated uh, underneath and all around. And they put a door and we put another windbreak so that the no wind will not break go in. So... <laughs> While we were making this apartment for these dogs, the female dog got sick and we took her to hospital. Then the uh, doctor telephoned uh, and uh, next day he said the dog, dog was all right, go come and take him home. So we went and brought her back. 
And next day she was again sick, very sick. So we took her back to the hospital, veterinary. And that evening he telephoned and said, um, this dog I don't think would survive. Uh, it's very sick. Uh, uh, would you like me to put her to sleep? I said, no, 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 don't do that. Keep the dog tonight also. And if she uh, stays till, survives till tomorrow, we will come and bring her back. And let her die here in our place. So we can bury but that night she died. So we didn't have to do anything. Another friend of mine also has, a, has an old dog. And uh, somebody else was taking care of this dog. Now uh, that lady said um, to this man, he was living in an apartment. He could not keep the dog in the apartment. So he allowed another lady who happened to be his uh, babysitter when he was little. There's, now he's, she's big uh, old lady and still she loves this young man. <clears throat> so therefore out of uh, you know, affection for this young man she took care of this dog. And finally she said uh, now look this dog is very old and she hardly can move. Um, I want to I like you to put her to sleep. So he asked me I said, no, don't ask me. I would never ask anybody to put dogs to sleep. If you like, you bring the dog back. And I said, we have a, a house we just bought. You can move to that house with the dog uh, until you find another place. Uh, but I don't want you to put the dog to sleep. Meanwhile, he found uh, another large house <clears throat> and uh, they allowed him to um, do the house sitting. So free of charge, he stays there. And he brought the dog. And dog still lives, generally healthy, although weak and old, and didn't die. And he said he doesn't want to... He also a very compassionate man very kind man. And he said, I don't want to kill the dog. I will stay, I cannot go anywhere now. I cannot do a job because I have to take care of the dog. So he uh, resigned his job. Uh, he lives on his saved money, from on his savings, and uh, stays home, occasionally comes and helps us and keeps the dog. And he says, until dog dies, I don't do anything. Dog dies naturally, I don't do anything. So people can do things like this, very compassionate things. It is a nuisance for many people. Uh, we, people, people are extremely intelligent. They can find any sort of way, a means to get around it without killing. And that is what I would suggest. I don't know, I have no any one particular uh, suggestions to give to people um, when they come up with this kind of things, but I simply suggest instead of killing, try to find some other way, any other way, so that you can keep the, your precepts. I would not recommend uh, killing any animal, no matter how sick. We can do all sort of give medicines, uh, 
you know, uh, uh, what you call pain killing and all these things to stop pain and they die. I'm sorry now I had to stop uh, since I had to go and uh, I'm glad you asked the question and I thank you all very much for coming and participating in this retreat and uh, practicing the Dhamma. Uh, if I, I see anybody practicing the Dhamma, that is the greatest delight in my heart. And with this delight I live and I wish you all peace and happiness. <laughs>